All right, everybody, what is up today? I have the pleasure of sitting down, virtually, I guess, sitting down uh, with Johnny Tremarco. Uh, I really admire this guy when I started doing the open mics. Uh, I remember the first time he came in and he it was just so raw. Uh, he has such a, and I'm not calling you a dark guy, but just such a, a unique perspective uh, on everything and, and some really, some really, really good jokes. So, and I was, I've been bugging him ever since we all went on our chronications. I've been bugging him trying to get him on here uh, to sit down and talk to me. And I finally begged him enough. And long story short, here he is. So, Johnny, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Same old shit, different day, I guess. <laughs> man, oh, man. Well, you know, we're finally coming out of the tunnel, it seems like. Uh, you know, we're slowly allowed to. Uh, stand six feet away from each other in different places now where we weren't allowed to stand six feet away from each other before. You know, I think you're allowed at a park with your kid now. <laughs> I'm just making fun of some of the people that uh, got a little too uh, overzealous with their long arm of the law when they started arresting like people for. <laughs> oh. They took the kid to a park to go play cats. Three people mom, dad, and a ki- uh, the kid. And the dad ends up in handcuffs over the whole thing. That's ridiculous. That oh yeah. That's... Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you know, I, we're, we'll talk about happier stuff because otherwise we'll just have a depressing. It will be like the news if we stay on that topic. Johnny, I, I got to ask a question. I got to ask a question, and I've asked everybody this question. Um, what started your journey in the stand-up? I just finally decided it's like I always thought I was funny because I could make people laugh pretty simply. It was a little bit of college that helped me, to be honest, because I went to college late. I went to college when I was 30 years old. Nice. And uh, yeah, I only went to for associates. Got an associate's degree in applied science. I went for game design, but um, obviously I'm not using it. But the greatest thing about that whole degree is um, – Whenever I tell anybody I have that degree when I'm looking for a job, when I'm looking for a job, that's rare. Um, The first question they ask me is, so you know computers? And it's like, hell yeah, I know computers. But um, yeah, that school taught me how to teach myself on the go and taught me that everything is pretty much achievable with a little hard work and determination. And finally, one day I decided to get up on stage and do it. I had, you know, it's, I wrote for about two months prior to even getting on stage, just writing jokes, uh, whatever came to mind, funny stories, whatever. Uh, none of them work. <laughs> <None of them>. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was going to be my next question, too, is what was your first set like? Um, my first set, Mike, was um, it was done by it was run by Jay Armstrong and it was at uh, the Thompson House and down in. Um, Newport area. Oh wow! So you had a crowd. Yeah, it. There was. I have never been to another outside of like uh, comedy shows or comedy clubs, I should say. Uh, I've never been to another open mic that's had that many people. Wow! I bet that's awesome. How, yeah. So, how'd you do? Um, I mean, I went up there and told everybody it was my first time getting up there. It was my first mic ever. Uh, so, you know, they went easy on me and, uh, I got a few laughs. 
there's one joke that I said that night. I, I'll admit, I didn't write it. A buddy of mine wrote it. I still use it today. And that was um, pretty much what I started with. And then it was a one-liner. And sure enough, I started learning how to run, uh, write one-liners. I can't write longer jokes, but I can write one-liners all day. Hey, some of the best. Stephen Wright is, is a great one-liner. For writing-wise, it's great. But for performance-wise, it, it's rough. It, it's easy in certain aspects and other aspects it gets a little bit more difficult to make myself relatable that way is difficult yeah that's true that's true because you're just kind of hitting them with one shots yeah and it's like who is this guy he's just rambling off jokes yes he's funny but we don't know who he is i don't feel like i connect with him yeah well and you but you know i feel like you get up there and you you are relatable because uh i uh, i riff in between them and that's what gets me a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. I've been learning that. It's just, I'll just sit there and say whatever the hell's on my mind. And half the time, because I have a weird perspective like that, it's going to get a laugh anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. just your silence will, will be enough yeah. to draw a chuckle. So who who were your, growing up, who were the comics that you paid attention to? Who were your influences? And I, can I guess one of them? George Carlin? Yeah, Carlin, he was up. I wouldn't say he was like one of my first that I got into. I mean, obviously, because of his fame and everything, he came across my radar a few times right. when I was younger. But like when I was young, um, two that really stuck out to me um, The Amazing Jonathan. Ah, uh, yes. The magician, he is amazing. <laughs> He, he, well, obviously, because you're a kid and he was so entertaining. Oh, he was. Yes, oh. he stuck out to me so much. And Sam Kennison. Now, don't get me wrong. They only stuck out to me because of their, like, delivery style and how wild they were. Yeah. I was did, also a kid of the 80s, too, so. Did you know that Sam Kennison was a preacher before he did he did comedy? A preacher? Yeah. I watched a whole documentary about him once, and it was uh, it was pretty interesting that he was a preacher, and he he had a pretty pretty wild life. That blew my mind when I found that out. I said, "No way!" So your style is is I I don't want to say because I don't want to label you dark because you're not a dark comic. I'm sure people probably have called you dark, but I don't think you're dark. Uh, I feel I can hit the dark. I can hit the dark notes very well. Oh, I, yeah. You can dance yeah. the line. I know that. But I, I don't think you you push the envelope just to push it. I feel... Uh, I mean, there are times that, like, I know that I have the crowd in my hand, and I'm just like, screw it. Let's see how, let's see how bad I can get. And there are some of them that I have set up just for that. But for the most part... Um, I've, I've shied away from the darkness. I mean, I started out, I came out the gates, yes, I was pretty dark. I was just trying to make everybody cringe left <laughs> and right. But I put myself through probably about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, I put myself through what I call Google therapy. Okay. And what that is, is it, it's exactly what it sounds like. I just found out what was kind of wrong with my head uh. psychologically. And I started um, trying to fix it. Like I started, you know, 
processing all these unprocessed emotions. And yeah, it was <laughs> now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not suggesting it's something everybody should do. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was a difficult path. I'll tell you that there were, I had to get rid of all the aspirin and all the bullets in my house. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thoughts that were going through my head at points. Oh time. my god! I'm a firm believer, and you may disagree with me on this. Um, I'm a firm believer that a lot of the great comedians um, all suffered with mental health, and, and the reason be the reason I feel that they do, and that a lot of us comedians do, um, is because we refuse to just be like everyone else and buy the bullshit. Uh, but this is the only way that we sanely know how to process these emotions. Um, is... Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. More, more than likely, more than likely, I'm not saying it's going to be everybody because there are some people, um, how there's one comic up there. I just, he has a few Netflix specials. It's like Chris, I forgot his last name. It's like Chris to care something it's D.I. something. I was just watching him probably about a month ago, and he seemed like he had a happy childhood. Even his friends. He's like, yeah, my parents just told me, like, about drugs. It's like, you know, if you're going to do them, do them, but be safe about it, you know? And it's like I never felt the need to rebel or anything. He's like, my parents were accepting of me all the time. Most comics, more than likely, their parents told them not to express emotion because they were told more than likely, like, you know, their emotions don't matter as children and they grew up in that kind of pattern and they went around uh, with emotions as comedy, as a coping mechanism. I'm just yeah. saying psychology one-on-one right now. I dig it, man. This is because uh, what, what, growing up, do you remember the old saying we would hear all the time too, is children should be seen and not heard. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's, that was my dad's number one saying too, or, uh, that was one, or I'll give you something to cry about. That was yeah. the other one that was heard a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I thought we already had, I thought that's why I was already crying. Oh, so this crying I'm doing right here is meaningless crying. I wasn't aware. I thought, I didn't know I just spontaneously cried out of nowhere. Just meaningless crying. I'm glad that you were able to provide me with a, with a physical reason to cry now, along with yeah. my meaningless, spontaneous tears. Yeah. It, it's, and you know a lot of comedians that they they work through their pain on stage. So can I can I ask a question? And if I'm prying too deep, uh, let me know. Um, and like I said, we can. But what triggered the journey? What triggered the Google search? Oh, um, that was simple. Well, that was actually just uh, YouTube's algorithms, actually. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a suggested video. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, um, I've never actually been good with, like, talking to women. Okay. So I started, like, looking into stuff like that. Just, like, what the hell am I doing wrong? And shit like that. And sure enough, it got into stuff of lack of confidence and stuff. You know, it started going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. At, and obviously how uh, YouTube is like, oh, you, since you're on this, you're in this type of, um, what's a good word for it? Uh, genre? Yeah, genre. How about that? Genre, or if you're you're in this kind of discipline or whatever, mm -hmm. if you're looking into this topic of interest, let's show you this one. Uh, 
self-improvement. That's what I was looking for. Uh, okay. If you're looking for this type of self-improvement, why don't we send you down this one? And sure enough, I started, you know, venturing down there. Uh, and then I came across something that the thing that actually triggered it was um, the you ever hear the black sheep and the golden child syndrome? The black sheep is a person that acts out the family dysfunction. And then the golden child is like receives all the family's praise and. Yep. Okay. So hey. could you do me a favor then? I've heard the black sheep, but could you elaborate a little bit more on the golden child end of it? Oh, the golden child's the one that's, um, the one that's favored. But why? Like ways. what, what purpose does it, do you get what I mean? Like, can you elaborate on what purpose it serves in that whole family genome? Like, of dysfunction family image you gotta understand it becomes like Uh, like they're the trophy like they're the rep yeah they're they're the child that did well for once and they're you know it was my youngest brother that was the trophy it Uh, makes sense so it's like it the the trophy child is like the family's facebook status exactly oh my god okay Growing up the entire time um, with my youngest brother, he was 12 years younger than me, too. And, you know, always, I really hope he doesn't hear this, and I doubt he will. He was always told to everybody. I always heard him being praised about how good he was at soccer. He was, like, the best player on the team. Like, nobody can touch him and everything like that. And then when he finally got to college and he was out of my parents' shadow, um, he played one season and he wasn't able to make it back on. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like, while my other brother and I, um, I've tried to get him to do comedy because he has, he has a knack for it. I see he has all the talent for it. He never applied it. I mean, granted, he is trying to run his own business and raise a family simultaneously. Uh, it takes... Some I don't know. It takes a certain level of comfort. It's a, it's hard to get up there. A lot of people I, won't get up and do karaoke. I mean, it, it, to me, that's the almost the same level of fear. I I would honestly, I don't think I could do karaoke. See what I'm saying? I've done yeah. both, and I can tell you, they're both terrifying. <laughs> Equally, uh, comedy is not so much terrifying to me anymore. Like, it was weird for the longest time. I was intimidated. Not by the size of the crowd, but what, but what comics were in the back of the crowd. Oh, uh, like he was judging you? Exactly. Because I, kn- I already knew I had the crowd in my hand. Right. <laughs> like, before I went up on stage, I knew I had the crowd in the palm of my hand. That's how confident I've always been. But it was always like, am I going to make the comics impressed this time? That's who I'm trying to impress. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah and it's just like something sick in the back of my head and it's only because the crowd is necessarily a bunch of faceless people to me yeah i'm not with the side of like maybe a few um you know local comedy fans that you know come up and say good show and always try to talk to comics after the show and everything aside for a few of those i'm not going to see any of them again that's so yeah, but the comics, I'm going to see them two to three times a week sometimes. Yeah. What really gets you going when you're up there on stage? Like, what is the thing? You know, some people, it's just that loud laugh or that, you know, that one big roll you get. But 
What puts you in the zone? The cr- the control of it. I can kind of see that with you too, because like, I guess maybe you are, you're not really dark, but you do like to play with people. Oh yeah. That's the best part of it all is when you can, I I somehow able to portray emotion pretty well or like pass it on. And I love to play with it. I've seen you uh, get the cringe factor going and, and get the response from a crowd that you want it and then sit back and kind of chuckle to yourself like a mad scientist and then extend that cringe factor for another uh, two or three jokes <laughs> just just to keep it going. Um, uh, I've had, yeah, I've had... I could sit in silence and make people laugh just by like smiling. It's fun. I love it. It's the control factor that you have the control, that you can, you pretty much can make a large group of people feel a whole array of emotions just from your words and your facial expressions. Do you guys think that you wanted to make sure it was covered or you got a good topic that you want to rant on, man? When I first got into comedy, like my first favorites or my big favorites, and I'll be honest, it, it's evolved. Granted, it was Carlin and Dangerfield were like my top two. Dangerfield, really? You can't tell that from my style? No, not really. Because he's, he's very uh, like over the top, and, and you don't really... I don't know. I feel like Dangerfield tried a lot for the laugh, and I don't feel like he tried too hard. For... That's not an insult. You know what I mean. Like you're not. Like... I know what you're getting at. Uh, yeah. Like, well, that was that was the whole thing with Dangerfield's character and everything was he was he had no respect, so he's always like you know aggressively seeking approval. Right. Well. Okay. I. Okay. Well. Dang. Okay. Way to take it to you. But no, no, no. I'll be <laughs> like a lot of it was like. I looked at his writing more than his style, more than his persona, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I almost want to say I mimicked his writing to a certain extent. As I look at the how quick his joke writing was. Uh, well, you know, that does and, make sense. Yeah, and if you look at the way my jokes are, yes, a lot. Like, the way I test my jokes is I text them out to about 10 to 15 of my friends. Okay. I, I write it and then I copy and paste to about 10 to 15 of my friends. And um, that's also my length. I almost, they all aim for about three. Three is my average, like three lines. Oh, wow. But um, some sleep over to four. Once in a while, I'll get a five. Sometimes I even get a two. And that's it. <laughs> I jumped around through like three to subjects right there yeah no that's good though so do you have a a certain writing process like on how you come up with your jokes or uh a lot of times it's sometimes it's listening to music and there'll be um here's a great one uh i was listening to verbal intercourse uh, verbal intercourse i can't even talk right now verbal (laughs) welcome to my world yeah, uh, Raekwon. Okay. And Ghostface ends the whole lyric or the whole his whole verse was like, "I'm gonna end this with one big red, one big red cherry on top." All right. 
And that was a nice little turn of phrase. And I was like, where can you put a cherry on top? So sure enough, I came up with a joke shortly after that says most women uh, lose their virginity in the cowgirl position. I mean, everybody likes a cherry on top. <laughs> I, you know, I've seen you do a few of I, I've never heard that one, though. That, that is, I like that. I well, like I haven't that. seen you in about a year, man. Well, well, yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, so that's, that's very true. probably not that old of a joke. Cats in a cradle and a silver spoon, little boy blue yeah, in the so, mix. Like, no, honestly, that's, it's my I've, fault. I've written a whole bunch of jokes like that. There are times that I'll sit there in front of the computer and uh, just look up idioms. <laughs> yeah, because they, yeah. yeah, that's a good. So let me ask you this then. And write them backwards. Let me ask you this, and and I'm not going to put this on the podcast. But let me ask you this. What about for the podcast, trying to go on out and, and catching you guys when you do an open mic or whatever that I've had on the podcast and recording some of the audio and putting it on the podcast? Um, would that be cool with you? Like, was that like, yeah, that's good. Or would you be like, yeah, that's stupid. No one gives a shit. Do you know what I mean? Uh, to be honest, like, if you, I think it would be a good idea if you can get some audio of the comic that you have on for tonight. That's what I was thinking too. Like whether it be from the comic, given our circumstances well, that we're in right just, now. Yeah, if you can get like, okay, for hypothetically speaking, like for Minnick, if you can get him doing that one, you can get like you know, a couple jokes of his, a couple jokes of mine, and how the crowd react. A couple jokes from um, Sean and. Uh, Again, who else you had on there? But you get what I'm saying, right? 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 You get a couple minutes of the featured comic. I think that'd be a nice little touch, just to give them a little taste of, you know. If you have style. it, send it to me, um, and I'll put um, it in the set. I have not recent though. Like that's the problem. I don't have anything for the last like. Well, then you need to drop some shit in here because you know me. I'm an easy laugh, dude. And um and and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying just because I'm a supportive person, man. Like I'm a good laugh right now, and I'll give it to you. <coughs> so yeah. sprinkle this fucking podcast with all the jokes you want, Johnny. <laughs> uh, I should put that in the podcast. That was a good line. Yeah, but the only problem is, is like I write slow. I don't write a joke every day. No, but you got a lot of funny ass jokes. You do. I had one older comic tell me that I cannot you like once I start making it once I start doing longer sets, I cannot do all the jokes that I have. Like I'm gonna have to put some bombs in there because he's like you have like all these well refined jokes. You're gonna kill the crowd. You're literally gonna kill the crowd. <laughs> like you're gonna have them laughing so hard after like 20, 25 minutes that you probably might have somebody die. <laughs> dude, well, and that's, you do, you're a funny man, dude. Like, like I said, you're, when I was a new comic, hey, when you're new, it's, it's weird. When you're new, I, you're, I agree. it's like you get in there and you just like, you idolize like, yeah, anybody that gets up there. I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying it like that about you. I'm just saying. No, but no, it's you look at people in a weird light until you actually sit there and talk to them, and then yeah. But you recognize 
talent too. Like we were blessed. I was blessed, I guess you would say, that even though I did my first few open mics at a very small open mic, we had some really talented people coming through there. Like yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we've also had we had our really untalented people in there too, but we had a, our fair share of, of talented guys. You know, you. Um, I've already had you. You know, Sean on here. Adam uh, was great. Yeah, there we go. All right, I am back with Johnny. I don't know what happened there. I had a little technical difficulty. I'm a Windows guy. Uh, Johnny and I just I just recently I wasn't forced but I switched to a Mac you know for the audio benefits right and um so yeah these little snap foos are going to happen here and there where uh, an idiot like me don't know what he's doing and we lose all hell breaks loose and we lose everything that's so that's what happened so um Johnny before I forget I want to put this out there where can people find you if they want to follow you, if they want to send you hate mail or bomb threats? Where can they find you? Well, now that you put it like that, um, what is it, 1400 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, will be here all night. Just mic drop and go home after that. That was it, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no you know here's the cool thing too for all of you new comics out there who listen to this um the cool thing about johnny is he's very not only is he very active in the community he's almost like no here stop <laughs> stop let me say this this will be said not only is he very active in the community he's an advocate for being involved like he knows the work that you put into it um when i started out like he would give me pointers like right off the rip like bro this and and it wasn't shit like him just being like oh i know all this it was like stuff that he learned like he was a student of his craft um he's not how to read stop i'm not done yet um so he he gives good advice Flush. But he also, I'm going to turn your mic off, but he also <laughs> has a group on Facebook for people to like work their jokes through. And he's active on that. Like he is just about the community. That's the comic that you want on your side. If you're starting out, am I right? Like you want someone who's active in their craft, who's about growth and who wants to see you grow. And, and that's you. So since you wouldn't shut up the whole way through it. Um, <laughs> that's what I had to say. <laughs> but but uh, I, now I don't even know what the hell I was saying, dude. But that's yeah, him. Uh, how can people person. find you and send you hate mail is where I was going with this. I don't know. Follow me on Facebook, Johnny Tremarco, or follow me on um, Instagram at uh, Johnny Bacchus Tremarco. I'm going to get all of his uh, links and I'm going to put them into the show description this week too. So, and I haven't done that yet. The other Adam and all them are like, you're a dick dude. Like really? Um, but I, you know, you, you learn and you grow and you do better every yeah. time. Um, so I'm going to put all of Johnny's stuff in there so you can follow him. Cause he's a good dude. Uh, he, he's got a good heart. 
Um, he don't want to hear that, but he does. He's kind of a philanthropist. He he believes in learning how to be a better person and then sharing that with other people so they can be better people. I know he's information his, philanthropist. There you go. His comedy though would not make you think that he gives a shit about the human race. <laughs> but I really truthfully think he does. So jo- Johnny, I want to thank you for being on my show tonight. Oh, that's not a problem. I enjoyed it. It was a fun time. 